Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Blizzard Comedy Profiles, the innovative podcast where we, a comedy club, speak to some of the comedians who we book sometimes to learn about why and how they do comedy. Genius idea, I don't know why more people don't do it to be honest. Uh, so yeah, today we are going to be having another throwback episode, we are going to be uh, have sh- uh, showing you an interview with the wonderful Quinn B. Harley. Uh, interesting intonation on the name there, Quimby Harley, uh, you, you know who they are. Um, this was one of the first interviews we did for the Blizzard Comedy Archive series back at the beginning of 2020, so some of the stuff in this interview may have dated slightly, I've uh, cut out a few bits that are definitely not relevant anymore, um, but yeah, just just be aware of that when we're talking, uh, when we're talking about things in the present, uh, a lot of them either did not happen or are now in the past, so uh, don't be let down if we reference uh, some fun projects and stuff that uh, don't actually exist, at least not yet anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, without further ado, let's ca- crack on with the show. Please welcome Gwenby Harley. Uh, how did you first discover stand-up as a thing? So not, not, not when did you start performing or what made you start performing, but how did you discover it as like a form of uh, performance? So like I've always been, a, I've always been aware of... Uh... Yeah. yeah, I've always been aware of stand-up as an art form. Like, you know, I grew up w- watching uh, Live at the Apollo, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the moment when, like, it really clicked as, like, oh, this is really cool Yeah. was, yeah, a couple of years ago, back in January 2018. Okay, yeah. Um, I... So I was basically just back in Leeds after biggest mental breakdown of my life. Uh, Standard origin story there. Needed... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it wasn't cliche. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my my dad had just been shot down by this stand-up comedian, and I needed to understand him. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was totally believing you there for a second. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a screenplay no, in that, I, definitely. I yeah, gave, like a Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman. Yeah, origin story. It's got shot of the Jack no, D. Um, show or something. Yeah, I, I must become the thing I fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I needed to get out of the house basically. Uh, so I like, checked on Facebook and saw uh, Lolshevism. Do you, you know Lolshevism? I know, I, I know Lolshevism, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was like ju- happening just down the road. And like I was like, I'll go have a look and see what it's like. And it ended up being really fun. And I met some new people and generally had a good time. Uh, and then one of the people there was like, oh, we've got another showcase coming up. And that's when I thought, like, improv and more stand-up and some sketch comedy and I was like that's really cool I'd like to be able to do that uh so that's kind of that's kind of when I sort of like properly engaged in stand-up okay yeah that's that, that, that's good a way as I need to start like is definitely a good place to start so when did you yeah. actually start performing like was, did, did you have any like sort of formal training or did you just sort of like get up at an open mic night and and do and do, uh, and do a set or what what, what kind of happened there um, so I I went to the uh, Leeds Comedy Society. Like they had like they used to have a writers' room. And oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is a common thing, but for me it was sort of like for the moment I kind of like 
got it in my head to write a stand-up set, I was like, I would tell this story and this story. So like, the first set, I basically just sat down and wrote. Um, it was just like pulled together from various like stories and things that I'd sort of been telling for years. And I was like, I can tell these on stage in like a narcissistic, uh, <laughs> I don't have to let other people speak way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel that. Yeah. yeah, I wrote it down. I performed it in the room. Uh, and then like, I think my first gig was in... Actually, I know exactly when it was. It was uh, International Women's Day, ah, 2018. Fantastic. Um, I ended up on a lineup for an International Women's Day event, which, like, looking back, is like fucking hell. That's like a uh, scary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like it could have gone very wrong if I'd gone for a different style of comedy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um... Um, were you were you already out at that point? Like when you started performing, were you already sort of settled in 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 who you are in in like being being non-binary or uh, yeah? Well, so what, what was that a thing that came before you started performing, or did you discover it afterwards? I was in the process of discovering it. Yeah. Like, like for me, I realised I was by like that sort of like came about pretty quickly. Like I actually had sort of a boom. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, me, like, really realising I was non-binary or realising I was trans, like, it's actually something I originally got into through, um, the kink scene, because I was like, I look really good in lingerie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I then, believe that, yeah. So, like, I actually got in, I got into playing with gender identity through playing with gender presentation. Yeah. Yeah, so that that sort of I was sort of like in the process of I was just starting to like use the them pronouns, yeah. but like it was all quite new and I was quite unsure about it. Okay, yeah, so so you've sort of become bit, you you become more settled in that the more like uh, sort of further along your 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 performance uh, career as, as it is because uh, I think the first the thing, yeah. yeah the first video you sent me. Uh, when you initially applied for our first show, which I couldn't get you on, um, but yeah, the video you sent me there—you you, you seemed very, very much—you uh, were really owning your, your your gender and your sexuality and that. So was was that a bit further a lot? I'm not expecting you to necessarily remember the video you sent me, but I'm, I'm just I'm just sort of speculating that that was you were a bit more com- you, you you seemed a lot more comfortable, uh, sort of um, the way you, you were there. And then I, I think when when I saw you actually do our show as well, I think there was there was a, even more of a leap then. As well, like you seemed a lot more unapologetically queer, which uh, I'm always always a fan of. Yeah. Um, I, if I'm remembering the video correctly, um, is that the one where I like stop and like uh, there's a heckler and I just sort of, like stare at them <laughs> and just like stare into their soul for a little bit? I don't remember that bit, but um, possibly I, I, I okay. yeah. I can't really remember. This I, was I, a while ago. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, if it's the video I think I sent you, yeah. like, it, that was basically the first that I'd done. Like, it was a slightly polished version. So, it was, in a way, I think it was, like, easier for me to be unapologetically queer and be in your face about it on stage because the point is it's the performance. Yeah, it's, absolutely. You're playing an exaggerated version of yourself. Uh and the thing I exaggerated was, yeah. I'm gay, and I'm not afraid of anyone. Uh, 
which in reality I'm afraid of a lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I, I think sort of performance like I, yeah, for a while there was a disconnect of I was a lot more confident and out mm. there about it yeah. on stage than I was like in my day to day life because in my day to day life like I think a lot of it comes down to taking up space. Right. I felt very uncomfortable, like, sort of claiming that as, like, and, like, taking up that space in the world to say, I am this. Mm. Which is, like, harder to do, like, when you're in the real world, whereas, like, stand-up is kind of, you're given a space to fill, so you don't really need to, like, push and take up space because you've got the space already which you can choose to fill with whatever yeah yeah that's that's a really interesting way of putting it do you think sort of doing stand-up in the same way that it sounds like getting involved in the kink scene sort of helps you uh, sort of discover this side of yourself do you think having the freedom to to present that on stage and to kind of exaggerate that helped you with sort of like your own sense of identity in in the real world do you think having that space (laughs) to sort of be like to sort of like turn up to 11 so to speak has sort of like shifted your uh, real world presentation as well or, or made it easier to do so um, i think so yeah and like also like one of the things i learned quite early on was like wearing makeup yeah. on stage it gives me confidence yeah like, i write I, I, I uh, that a lot yeah like i'll like put i'll make sure i do my makeup because that feels very powerful mm. kind of doing that on stage yeah. help me like learn oh i can just do that in day-to-day life too uh there are no rules uh, yeah. <laughs> there are some rules well, yeah, yeah yeah there are there are rules but, um... yeah. <laughs> to, to be clear i'm not one of the comedians who's like there are no rules i can do whatever it was. no <laughs> there are some rules there are definitely rules. Whatever rules. <laughs> um, but yeah you are allowed to wear makeup that, that, that's that that is allowed. I've, 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 I've consulted with, 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 with the comedy elders. Um, I haven't. Most of them are pricks. But yeah, yeah it is definitely allowed. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I relate to that a lot. I, my ages before I even really started uh, presenting uh, the way I do, I, mm. I, I, I was wearing makeup for, uh, for, for about 10 years. I think I've been dressing up for about eight years and I've only been properly out for about two years uh, in terms of it's now yeah but um, always whether it was stand up or even like a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of kind of theatre stuff I'd, I'd always feel a lot more comfortable in makeup it, it weirdly feels like a sort of barrier between between myself and the audience well, not, not a barrier as such but like something to kind of hide behind it makes it easier to express myself in that way that like, I feel a bit more covered up weirdly I don't know I don't know if that's a similar experience to what you've had the one the one thing I would say is it, it's something I'm kind of aware of like when exploring these topics like on stage like so um kind of like I was quite new to stand up when uh Nanette by Hannah Gadsby came out yes I've still not seen um, that I've been meaning to for ages it's, it, it, I've, everything I've heard about it has been really good but I've not seen it yet yeah it's really good. It's fucking heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of the things she talks about in it is how if you're a marginalised person joking about your identity, it can turn into you hum- humiliating yourself on stage for the benefit of, you know, straight audiences. Yeah. The example she used is, uh, she used the story of her coming out to her mum and her mum not being supportive 
as one of her early stand-up things. And then her that sort of like set in her mind, that's the story, that's the story, that's the story she internalised and it didn't allow for the change as her mother grew and adapted and like got became more inclusive of her. It's something I'm always careful of. I want to I want to be able to explore these topics but I want to be careful with that that I don't end up turning my own like identity and turning my own exploration of it into a show and just only be performing it for the benefit of other people. Yeah, I think it's like it's a difficult line to tread and like um since like for example if I'm telling a joke about being trans I'm always like I don't want the punchline to be me laughing at myself being trans. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to be humiliating myself on stage. For, for the In sake of cis people, of yeah. Humiliating myself on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very important. Other contexts, I'm open to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no I, I, I think that's a really good point. I think certainly... Certainly, with 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 queer stuff, uh, and we, well, even with well, sort of any yeah, any marginalised group really is. You do see it done often. I think the nineties is a really big, really bad culprit for this. With like a lot of queer and trans stuff, is it was only ever really used to be a punchline, to be a kind of joke about it. And mm-hmm. like, there's so many like comedians I uh, enjoy who who have done these sort of problematic bits in the in in the past, like the mm-hmm. the. Um, like the most famous one would probably be Robin Williams with Mrs. Doubtfire. Now there wasn't any malice behind that, but it's an example of of like mm. transgenderism being used as a punchline to a joke for the sake of cis people. And this is yeah. I don't know if you'll necessarily agree with this, but this is often how I feel about uh, straight girls who love Ru- uh, who love RuPaul's Drag Race. I feel like it is uh, cis people oh, laughing, yeah, laughing. I'm talking about yeah. This is something I'm writing about for my dis- at the moment. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right to my dissertation on the commodification of the subculture. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, this is right on my street. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I saw a really good post uh, talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. And, like, there's, there's, like, an interview where Andy Samberg gets asked by an interviewer, oh, how come there are no gay jokes? with Captain Hull and it's like they're absolutely f- sorry do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I, 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 I do yes Jessica? yes I, 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 I watch it virtually all the time um, absolutely odd yeah, um, jokes yeah. absolutely odd jokes about Captain Hull being gay oh so many yeah but the difference is the punchline isn't haha he's gay yeah the punchline is how he doesn't fit into heteronormative society yeah. or how he they're like they and they're, they're very often jokes which speak to the LGBT community. Uh, like, absolutely, uh, yeah. Sorry, I've been watching I've been I've been rewatching a lot of Brooklyn. I, I, I rewatch and, uh, it constantly, yes. <laughs> there's an episode where he's like, uh, are you saying that my life means because he doesn't want to ride a motorbike, he's like are you saying my life means less because I don't conform to yeah. heteronormative values? Yeah. Like, are you really playing the gay card? 
Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was Murphy. Uh, one of my favorite. One of my one of my favorite one of my favorite Holt moments is uh, at the beginning of season four when uh, Holt and Jake are under are undercover and Holt's got that walking group and he's just playing this caricature of like the over overly oh, overly oh, heterosexual oh. man. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's. I can see you, and it is because yeah, it's the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's very. (laughs) It's like you don't often, certainly not in shows of that kind of like size and popularity. You don't often get like that thing flipped, like from like the caricature of of, from like a gay character's perspective of heterosexuality, rather than whereas whereas like yeah, the other way around happens all the time. It would be perfect if they weren't like massively fatphobics in a lot of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is I an think issue. Even massively fat phobic, just standard TV yeah, fat phobic. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing's perfect, unfortunately. Other than that. Yeah, they they definitely go further. Good. They go further. Yeah. Yeah, they go further than a lot of shows, and they they are one of the sort of best shows that of sort of casual queer representation that I've ever seen. Um, like the whole yeah. uh, Rosa coming out arc is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on TV in terms of. Oh. Um, in terms of bisexuality. Oh, cool. uh, so. I 100% read Jake as bi. Oh, Jake is obviously uh, bi. Like, they've never explicitly said it, but every single... Like, yeah, he, like, he, he, is, he is chaotic they, bisexual. They even, yeah. Oh, they even had, like, the bit, like, with the Rosa coming out after, yeah. where he was just, he was, like, he was talking her through it. Had this whole rehearsed speech about yeah. how to come out. I was like, oh, my God. He's, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's definitely not completely straight. Yeah, um, I, I I would happily talk about Broken My Mind for the rest of this, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to rate it back a bit uh, yeah. to specific act. Um, let's see. So, sort of going back to an earlier point, um, do you think uh, the way you present yourself and like your appearance on stage, do you think that's important to your act? I think it is. Yeah, not so much like, well, I mean, the, the difficult thing I sometimes get is my presentation can sort of like be quite variable so sometimes I'll be like I want to wear a dress and full makeup and just be as thin as I possibly can and other times I'm perfectly happy I'm like most comfortable just in jeans and a t-shirt and maybe like a scarf and like yeah that can be difficult when like some of the material I make refers to how I look and like how I look can yeah vary quite a lot but i think in terms of my act working i think like being visibly queer is like kind of a big part of it also just in terms of what i want to do with it because i'm always like i think comedy can be hugely powerful and like partly part of the reason i love doing comedy um and i've written about this for blizzard is yeah uh when I, like, do comedy for queer audiences mm. who are not used to, like, seeing themselves on stage. They're used to it being... They're just not used to hearing jokes which speak to their experiences or jokes coming from uh, a queer person. Yes. And just... Yeah. That's something... That's, like, part, a big part of the reason I do this. And, like, it's so important to me. That that's like part of that's part of what I'm doing on stage. Yeah, I I I, I, I completely agree. We, um, yeah, I was mm-hmm. talking to uh, Kat Molinari yesterday on one of these things. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the same kind of point 
um, sort of came up that I think I don't know whether you sort of like exclusively perform to queer audiences or whether you perform to a lot of um, different audiences, but I'm kind of sort of saying that like if if there's one person in the audience who can feel seen and feel sort of um, and can relate mm. to some of the things she's talking about, she's got a really interesting background, like um, queer uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, upbringing, um, like a load. Yeah, she's 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 got a really interesting background and um, mm. and the fact that that she talks about what she does. Like maybe like ninety percent of your typical club audience might not get it, but there'll be there'll be those people who do, and they never get to yeah. see that kind of representation on in any format. And it, even if your experiences aren't exactly the same, sort of having that, like mm. knowing you're not completely alone, is is really helpful. Like I certainly, like I, I probably wouldn't have dis- yeah. discovered like uh, I probably wouldn't have discovered my gender without the existence of Eddie Izzard. Like um, he's not particularly. Mm. I wouldn't say he was necessarily orchestrated like my sort of uh, gender epiphany as such, but I wouldn't have even like considered that, that was the thing you could do. Like you could dress like that, and it's mm. fine without without exposure to that. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 are your favourite rooms to play, and your least favourite? Um. Am I going to sound like too much of a suck up if I say yours? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Well, this is this is the thing I get with a lot of spaces. A lot of spaces will be like over inclusive, by which you mean yeah. the organizer won't tell you to fuck off if you're non-binary and want to perform. Yeah. But like, if you've not thought about accessibility, if you've not thought about yeah, uh, how you're going to be received by the audience, if you've not thought about whether your act's going to be fucking safe walking home after the gig. Yes. Then that means fucking nothing. Yeah. Um, so, like, Blizzard is, like, in terms of, like, a purely comedy crowd to perform to, um, it's probably my favourite room. In terms, I really love doing, like, mixed bill stuff as well. Uh, I'll be on with drag artists, poets, and, well, there's so many fucking poets. All of the <laughs> queers like poetry. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, I've with these cabaret-style things, I'll often approach them being like, I've got a lot of different skills, I can do comedy, I can do drag, I can do poetry, and we're already like, look, we've got 10 other people applying to do drag, we've got 50 fucking poets, <laughs> you're the only comedian. Just do comedy. Do comedy. <laughs> but, um, but no, I love it, but the thing is, it's not just like performing at a comedy club and speaking to the people in the audience, it's, that's kind of a way of reaching out to people who just won't fucking go to a comedy club because they expect that, you know, not wrongly, that they'll be the punchline. But, yeah. you know, like, uh, I know a lot of a lot of gigs, like MCs, will just, like, pick on audience yeah, yeah. members without any concern and just, like, take the piss out of... Yeah. Uh, take the piss out of, like, first and just, like, that can be like really fucking scary and invasive. Yeah, it can especially be, yeah. if you're especially if you're trans, like mm. Yeah. Because like, yeah, even, even if they're not meaning to, they, they yes. will end up misgendering you and like you can't you can't really bring that up because then that's gonna be turned into a joke so the MC yeah, saves it up. So you just kind of shrink and, yeah. Yeah, something like when I'm seeing and when I'm performing I always try and like be aware of is mm. there's inherently an unequal power dynamic there. Yeah. Oh so much like, yeah. You won't like for the period when you're on stage you have so much power mm. in that room 
if the audience on mass decides they don't like you, then you lose that power. But yeah. like you've got the amplification, you've got you've got your standard gig. Yeah, you have so much more power than anyone else in that room, and it's it's something I try and be very careful of. Mm. So yeah, I really love doing like cabaret stuff because like just a lot of people haven't seen like this comedy done for them. Yeah. Um, I just really like that. In terms of least favorite, oh god. Um, <laughs> if you if you'd rather not name it, that's fine. You can just describe it. It's not even. I'm not even gonna name it. I don't like have a specific. Yeah, just, just like a type of yeah. Awful. Um, it's just, and partly this is just the comedian in me. Is just when you turn up to a really half-assed open mic gig yeah. where the organisers just been like, oh, I can just run a gig and not advertise it. Yeah. And it's like you and five straight white cis yep. men and, like, there's three people in the audience yep. other than them. Yeah. And then, like, four guys at the bar who are just trying to have a fucking time. Yeah. Oh, um, getting flashbacks now. And, and then, like, you get misgendered when you're, like, yeah. welcomed on stage. And it's just like, I... <laughs> it's not even running anymore. I had a gig <laughs> like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised if that's how they run it, yeah. I'm, I'm not... I just had a... I was just on the walk home. I just had an actual just, like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And like that was kind of yeah. a turning point where I was like, I need to stop going, just going after everything yeah. that will have me. It's like, that's kind of the comedy hustle. That's kind of what you're meant to do. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. My, I value my time too highly to like go to an unpaid gig, paying for train tickets, give up my whole evening mm. for 10 minutes. Yeah. And stage time where I fucking bomb because, you know... There's no atmosphere, no one there. Is yeah. not enough. is not enough to the comedy. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and being misgendered in the mix. Yeah. I'm just like, I would literally rather just sit home. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have other things I can do in my time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm going to finish this off on one last question I've been uh, ending every one of these chats with. What's the one bit of advice uh, you've received that has stuck with you throughout your comedy performance? It doesn't have to be advice from a comedian or comedy pro, it could be from anyone, just any sort of advice that you've applied to you, yourself, as a, as a comedy performer. So it's not like a particular like, bit of advice yeah. I've been given, Yeah. but it's just the guiding... I think the guiding principle I've always like wanted to follow and that has been kind of ingrained in me is don't punch down. Yeah. Is if you're laughing, first of all, you don't have to be laughing at someone. You can be laughing together as a group. Yes. Like that's also an option. But if you're going to be punching, punch up, punch it, you know, the patriarchy punch it like you know the fucking Tory yes um, uh, use 
use comedy to critique things which are actually a problem. Don't go for, you know, the racist, the sexist, the fatphobic jokes because it's just fucking lazy. Yeah. It's. I don't. I don't really agree with the like some people say. Oh no, you can't laugh at that because it's not funny. It's like. I mean, it it can. Be, you can have an excellently written joke which you know people will laugh at, which is racist. Like, it can be funny, but that doesn't you mean know, it's okay. Doesn't mean you should be telling that joke. Yeah. Like, the, the guiding principle should not just be. Is it funny? Yeah. Can I make people laugh at this? It's why do you want to make people laugh yeah. at this? Exactly. Yeah. There's 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 a, there's a lot of proof that that people find problematic jokes funny. <laughs> yeah. That 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 absolutely shouldn't be the the, the bar oh, you set. Uh, my my pet hate is the phrase. Uh, it's just a joke. Yeah. yeah. That's like it never is. And like the the thing is, I've heard like this of like when Philip Schofield came out. I was a member of a of a queer community who was like making jokes about, "Oh, you fucking Tory, go back in the closet. We don't want you." I was like, "That's not really okay to joke about." It's like, "Oh, don't worry, it's just a joke." Yeah. And I was like, "Jokes are these incredibly complex, yeah, social mm. things, which like there's so much like." context and there's so there's so much fucking information coded into you know a dozen words yeah but the idea that it's just a joke but like jokes are these things which just exist in the pure abstract form it's like no they are like one of the most complex bits of social communication you know this if you ever try to explain a joke. Yeah. A joke is really... Like, if you have to explain a joke, you realise how many layers yeah. of information there are to explain for to explain why it's funny. Yeah. It's both of these incredibly complex, complex things which exist in a social context. So the idea that something can be just a joke... Yeah. Is fucking loose. That that that, that 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 is what I've always considered to be like the best sort of rebuttal to anyone doing sort of racist, sexist, homo, transphobic jokes. It's just mm. ask them to explain it, and then like try mm. and watch them as they try and explain it without being racist, homophobic, or any of that. Yeah, I think that yeah. I think that's a really good point. I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's true. I was I was, I was kind of meant it more as a. Just like, even if it's not yeah. an offensive joke, just if you make a yeah. joke which someone doesn't get, yeah, and you have to explain it, even if it's not, even if it's, it's just like a, a perfectly fine joke, yeah, it's just they just realise how much, how many layers of information there are. Oh yeah, that's, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that the explain why that's funny is a really good way of just calling them out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and also just yeah, just to, I quickly finish on that point of like people making jokes about Philip Schofield coming out like if he is a Tory like you can you can joke about him being a Tory like you just but don't don't bring homophobic stuff into it don't yeah. don't do that like that's that's not the thing that's yeah. wrong with it it's like it's like a thing that really annoys me is is when people make jokes about like uh, like Boris Johnson being being incompetent or like Donald Trump being kind of weird looking like those are like 
like you're hurting up you're kind of hurting other people if you're do- if you're going to base your jokes on those things like there's plenty of things you can joke about with both of them about their character like, and what they do joking about him being incompetent is not I, well, that, 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 I think that's a separate issue because the thing is, he's not incompetent. He's incredibly dangerous. He knows what he's doing. He sells his incompetence well, on a yeah. way to, yeah, it's, the, the, it's yeah. A separate thing. Yeah, I think so, that, that, that's uh, a separate like issue. He jokes about, but so, uh-huh, look at yeah. Donald Trump. He's fine. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That's the uh, I, yeah. Oh, I really need to write. <laughs> originally to write my dissertation, but instead I'm going to write. Um, <laughs> I really want to talk about uh, how. Because uh, I recently realised I'm autistic. Okay, um, yeah. And kind of like had a realisation like a couple of weeks ago of like, oh, that's probably why I'm quite good at comedy because I'm used to like obsessively analysing yeah. social and deconstructing. Yeah, and yeah. Deconstructing this yeah. and like obsess. The, th- the thing is, it's, it's the stereotype of like an autistic person being like, oh, I don't understand. Why is this funny? And just like, but is that, but just applied to me being like, why is this funny? I will yeah. understand it fully and use that to optimise the joke. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm in a uh, all-trans sketch comedy group. Oh, um, nice, I did not know that. Which, that sounds great. Well, it's, it, well... As I am in it, it's sort of we we're in like early stages of like collecting scripts, and it looks like it might be quite a while before yeah. we can get together to like shoot videos um, of it. Um, the idea is to do like a video channel. Yeah. Um, but one of my concepts for that was uh, a like sports commentators following like uh, an autistic non-binary person's. Uh, race down the referral list. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, and oh, and we have had the appointment. Oh, it's been rescheduled. Oh, I've been re- referred to Labs. Oh, Labs is not taking on any new class at the moment. <laughs> oh, 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 and in return, nobody saw the NHS has crumbled. The <laughs> system all better off. Oh, that sounds amazing. And that was Quenby, absolutely uh, wonderful person, lovely friend to the club, and uh, they are inv- inv- uh, involved in loads of uh, fun, exciting projects and stuff uh, that definitely worth checking out. You can follow them on, uh, I believe, Twitter as Quenby Creatives, um, prob- also, I think, Facebook and maybe Instagram. can't remember off the top of my head, and I've not uh, looked it up, but I will I will put the links in the little description bit of this, so uh, don't worry, you will, yeah, I'm not just half-assed, I'm not just half-asking, plugging uh, half-assing plugging your stuff can be um, I will be sharing that uh, but yeah do go and follow them on things uh, they do a lot of uh, really cool um, and really uh, really different kind of shows as well um, so yeah very very broad kind of variety of stuff some of it might not be your thing but uh, some of it definitely will be so uh, something they're doing will definitely be for you uh, now uh, we are going to be I don't know when this is being uploaded if this is uploaded if you're listening to this before the 29th of November 2021 uh, then join us on Twitch on the 29th of November 2021 for our next episode of Blizzard Comedy Broadcast Avalanche uh, with the wonderful uh, we've got Bobby Jones uh, and Katie Mitchell uh, d- uh, doing doing uh, the team captain roles and we've also got Marie Marie Goldborn, uh, Sophie G. Collins, Will Preston, and Catherine Mather. 
uh, they're all uh, they're all joining us as well. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. That's on Twitch.tv forward slash Blizzard Comedy. Um, if you'd like to, uh, if, if you'd like what what you've seen of of Quimby, uh, they do have some stuff on our on our YouTube page, which is just Blizzard Comedy on YouTube. Um, I believe they have some stand up. Yeah, they definitely have some stand up videos with us on Blizzard Comedy archives, uh, and they also uh, guest hosted the our stream uh, a couple months ago as well. So there's some clips from that as well if you want to go check them out. Um, and also, yeah, there's just loads of good content on there. You go check it out and follow Blizzard Comedy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you are of the rich persuasion, or at least the comfortable enough to give various projects you like money so that they can keep existing persuasion, uh, then there are ways you can do that. You can support us via PayPal. Uh, you can support us via Patreon. You can also buy merch via our big cartel. Um, and if you watch our Twitch streams, you can uh, subscribe and throw bits at us there. Um, so, yeah. Lots of ways you can support us financially, and if you can do that, we would really appreciate it. All the links will be in the description, uh, but it's uh, paypal.me forward slash blizzard comedy, patreon.com forward slash blizzard comedy, um, and bigcartel.blizzardcomedy.co.uk.com. One of them. Uh, Big Cartel Blizzard Comedy. Google that, it will come up. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.